Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I want to speak again on the blessing of being in God's kingdom today. We've had a, a good response to the beginning of this series. We always start it with, a, with the foundational uh, overarching truth that we want to get into, but it leads us in a lot of different directions today. Amen. How many are saved here today? You're saved and you know it, say amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, a lot of things occurred the moment you got saved. There's some things that are in process right now uh, that are ongoing in your life. But there are some things that happen instantaneously the moment that you came to Jesus Christ. And that's important that we understand what has already taken place and already occurred for a foundation for our walk with God and our Christian life. So I want to talk to you about the blessings plural, of being in the kingdom of God. Remember the Lord's Prayer, which I want to explain over and over again till we really get it. It's technically and biblically correct to say it's the Lord's Prayer because we've adopted it as the Lord's Prayer. But really, the question was asked of the disciples, Lord, teach us to pray. So in reality, it's not the Lord's prayer. It's the Lord's pattern for all of us as his children to pray. It starts out as acknowledging that we have a father in heaven, not a force somewhere up in the universe. Amen. Paternal relationship has occurred. The moment you get saved, not only are you brought into the kingdom of God, and we're going to talk about that, but you become a child of God. You become a bona fide child of God. Paul saw Christians that hadn't got that yet, and he said, What? He started his statement, What? Know ye not that you are the sons of God? Don't you get that? Don't you comprehend that? Don't you understand that you're no longer a servant, but you're a friend, and not only a friend, but an actual family member? Amen. You've been brought into God's royal family. And Paul said, since you are sons of God, then you must be heirs of God. You can't be a, a real son and not be an heir of God. And the Holy Spirit verifies it because the Bible said he gave us the, the Holy Spirit to verify when we cry, Abba, Father. Everybody say, Abba, Father. Jesus only talked to the Father that way one time in the Garden of Gethsemane when the pressure was on him so intensely. He talked to God in a very intimate, personal way, and he cried, Abba, Father. Abba is an Aramaic word, and it's the first words formed by infants when they recognize their daddy. The first words formed by infants when they recognized their daddy, was Abba, two-syllable word. Do you know any other two-syllable word that infants form now in the 21st century when they recognize their daddy? That's it. Say it. You're good at it. Dada. Dada. You know, when I first read that, I thought how disrespectful it would be to talk to God like that. And yet the Bible said that we've been given the spirit of adoption. That means the Holy Spirit has come to verify that we are the bona fide children of the living God. Amen. Now you are the sons of God, Paul taught. 
And it doesn't appear what we shall be. We look through a glass darkly. The best revelations we have, we just can't see all of that that God hath prepared for us. But one thing we know here in the now. Now. Not in the future. Now. Here and now, if you're a Christian, we are the sons of God. And by the way, when it says sons of God, it includes all the daughters. Because in Christ, there's neither male nor female. He doesn't distinguish, hallelujah, in terms of relationship with himself. Certainly, there's male and female in this room, and our relationships and marital relationships differ. But God himself makes no distinction. By the way, there's no color distinction. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's no culture distinction. When you come to Jesus, we are one. In Jesus Christ today. That's what I love about the Lord. He doesn't have any stepchildren either. Amen. Isn't that good to know that, that, that you are as much a son as Jesus is a son. Not in terms of his divinity. But in terms of relationship to the Father. Jesus said heretofore you've asked nothing in my name. Ask that you might receive so your joy might be full. I do not say that I shall pray for you, for the Father himself loveth you. He said, everything the Father has is mine. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he will take of mine and he will show it, S-H-E-W, not S-H-O-W. Not just reveal it to you, he will communicate it to you. So the Bible said in light of that, Paul wrote, all things are yours. All things. Everything belongs to you in the kingdom of God. So it's so important to know on the onset what is yours. Amen. For he hath, past tense, given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything that we need has been provided through Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Everything that pertains to life here and pleasing God, godliness. Everything is yours, Jesus said. The amazing thing is you can live your whole Christian life not knowing what you have in Jesus and not live like the children of the Most High God. Hallelujah. You're a privileged people. There's no poor people here. I'm not talking about your bank account or the car you drive. Everyone in this room that's a Christian is rich beyond your wildest dreams. Can you say amen? This is called the true riches, and it belongs to you and I. What, what manner of love is this? That we might be called, what? The sons of God. What kind of love would not only forgive us our sins, bring us into his kingdom, but bring us into his family? I've told you the story many times. There's a mountain in... Where, anybody from Georgia? No. Alabama. Mississippi. Kentucky? For real? I'm from Kentucky. Oh, my goodness. Give me, give me a fist bump. Amen. <laughs> Where are you from? Kentucky. Y'all from Kentucky. Lord, have mercy. We're going to have church today. We know how to worship down in them hollers in Kentucky and up on them mountains too. Praise God. I'm from Middlesboro, Kentucky. Brought here when I was an infant and went back every, every chance we got to see our relatives in Kentucky. Cumberland Gap area. 
Kajos Cave is up in there. Praise God. You've been there to where a meteor. Uh, anyway, that's a whole other story. Hallelujah. God is good today. Isn't it good to be a child of the Most High God? Now you are the sons of God. You know what Jesus said to a woman who was not part of the covenant people? Amen. The Jews that <laughs> came to him and said, listen, listen, my son is laying home. My, do- uh, my daughter is home, vexed of the devil. This is a, a spiritual problem. It's going to take uh, a deliverance to get her set free. And you know what Jesus said to her truthfully? He tested her faith. He said, it's not meat to give the children's bread. There's something that belongs to the children of God by covenant. There's something that is theirs. It's not something you beg for. It's something that belongs to you and you claim by faith. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. When my daddy passed away, I didn't beg for nothing he had. Not that he had anything. Amen. My dad was was a very poor man. I didn't get anything. But if my dad was a rich man, I would not go begging for what was mine. I'm an only child. So there was no other heirs. In, in, near Atlanta, there's a place called Stone Mountain. There's a lake at the bottom of it. The lake is Venable Lake, my name. Because a brother and sister owned Stone Mountain. And their name was Venable and they never married. And they passed away. And all of the money, there's a mansion called the Venable Mansion and a church bought it. It's so huge and turned it into a big old church. Venable Lake, Venable Mansion. I was looking at that mansion and I thought, oh my Lord, if I, and they tried. I told you the story. My family and, a, and other Venables and Evelyn Venable from Hollywood, a 1930s film star named Venable, the one that holds the torch for whatever film company uh, uh, is. is uh, and they all got together and tried to see if we were in any way heirs to all of that accumulating fortune. The bank wanted to get it, get their books cleared up. The money was accruing interest. They wanted to get it to the heirs. They desperately wanted to get their books cleared and get this money to the people who it belonged to. I don't know if anybody ever got it. I know who didn't get it. Amen. Amen. I very well know who didn't get it. They hired a, they used to call it a jack-legged lawyer. You're from Virginia, West Virginia. You're Kentucky too. I forgot. I was going to say Virginia. We got a, Kentucky and Virginia. We got, Lord, we're going to have service today. We get enough Kentucky people in here. We're going to tear something up or not, not literally tear it up. You know what I'm saying? Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. God is good today. He went to Atlanta, got drunk, spent the money, never found out anything. Did find out that we this strain of Venables came from seven brothers from England that came over. And the name Venable comes from France. And uh, it was uh, brought over into, the, into, into England and into here. But if I had found out that I was in the bloodline, if I was a legitimate heir, I would not hesitate. Would you hesitate if you found out you were heir to a fortune? 
Would you be hesitant to go and at least check it out? And if you found out that you had a legal right, would you say, you know, I don't want to become too materialistic. I don't want it to spoil me. Well, then give it to God's work and lay up some treasure in heaven with it. You know, after you buy yourself a car and a house, give the rest to the Lord. Whatever you want to do. But would you go get it? Would you live like a pauper if you had legitimate right to a fortune? Would you live beneath that privilege or would you stake a claim on it? I'd stake my claim on it. I've told the story over and over again. My, I went to Dallas, Texas in 1978 uh, for, a, for a, 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 a Congress on the Holy Spirit and, and uh, through our organization that we're still a part of, Independent Assemblies of God International. And I remember opening up the phone book to see if there was any people with my last name around the Dallas area. Opened it up and in big black block letters in the white pages was Robert A. Venable Oil Properties. And I thought, my Lord, have mercy. One Venable made it to the top. <laughs> Moved to the east side in that <laughs> apartment in the sky. And I told my wife, I said, honey, you, <laughs> I put it to her this way. You got the right string, baby, but you got the wrong yo-yo. <laughs> You married a venerable, but you didn't marry the rich one. You married the, you married the preacher guy. But I thought about that, not because I'm materialistic. I thought about it in this spiritual sense. I see Christians all the time begging for crumbs from the master's table. If I was an heir to a fortune, you would never find me begging for a crumb about to starve to death. I would never beg for a crumb. I would never be about to starve to death. Can you say, Matt? Remember the woman again? She said, Jesus, I've got a daughter laying home sick. But the devil is making her sick. She's could have been demon-possessed rather than physically sick. Because he said, she said, she's vexed of the devil. And Jesus said, it's not meat, and it's not appropriate. You're not part of the covenant people. The gospel had not been given to the Gentiles yet. It was still an exclusive Jew-first gospel at that point. And he said, it's not meat to give the what? The children's bread to dogs. He wasn't trying to be derogatory. He, he was simply saying everybody, everybody outside of that covenant had no standing with God. They couldn't claim anything from God. But because of the compassion in the heart of God and the compassion in the heart of Jesus, when that woman fell on her knees and worshipped Him, saying, true Lord, but even... The dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. He just stood right up and said, Woman, great is your faith. Isn't that incredible? Go thy way. As thy faith be, so be it unto you. And he answered that prayer of a Gentile woman because she came to him by faith. Hallelujah. She didn't even have the right that we have as the children of God. 
Amen. Because it was at that time exclusive to the Jewish nation. Remember the Jewish woman? Tell you something about children's bread and what belongs to the children. Here comes this woman into the temple on the Sabbath day. And she must have something like rheumatoid arthritis, some crippling disease, scoliosis, something that had just bent her over. And she was in pain, but she came to God's house. And she was on the Sabbath day coming to the temple to worship. And Jesus healed her. And she stood upright. And they got on to him because they... They missed the healing. They missed the Messiah. They missed the power of God. And they were mincing words over the Sabbath. You'll meet people like that. Miracles are occurring and they want to argue some little point of doctrine. They can't see the forest for the trees. Uh, you'll see them. I've seen a lot of them. I'm like the insurance commercial. Bum, ba, bum, 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 bum. You know? We, we've covered that too. We know a thing or two because we've what? We've seen a thing or two. Well, I've seen more than two. I've seen a, I've been a pastor for all these years and an evangelist too. I've seen a lot of things. And I know that spirit. And I know that attitude. God moving. God healing. God saving. And somebody's got their back up over some little old something that the devil's got them focused on. And they had their back up because he healed on the Sabbath day. And they're pointing a finger at him. And he pointed right back at them by saying, if your ox falls in the ditch on, on the Sabbath day, do you leave him in the ditch to die or do you pull him out? Well, they all knew what they would do. They'd pull him out. And they wouldn't see themselves as breaking no Sabbath neither. Because that's my ox and I need my ox. And, and you know, they pull it out. And, and listen to what he said. And ought, everybody say O2. Ought is a shortened form of O2. Ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham. Come on, she's a covenant woman. She has a covenant with God. The church is dead, but the covenant is still in force. There's no healings taking place in the church. How do you know? Because an angel had to come and remind them they're in covenant with God once a year to a pool called the Pool of Bethesda. And trouble the waters. And let them know you're in a dead religious system, but you serve a living God. And He's still on the throne. And He still does miracles today. Can you say amen? Why did he send that angel? Because they didn't have any faith. It had become a dead dogmatic, and we need to be dogmatic on certain issues. But they were so dogmatic, they wouldn't even help a man that had fallen among thieves because he was one of those outcast Gentiles. No love. They couldn't even recognize Jesus when he came. And Jesus said, if you'd known my father that you claim to know so personally, you would have known me because I came out from him. Listen to me carefully. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an enemy of the deadness that is in the church of Jesus Christ today. And I want to see God's people receive what he's provided because of the price he paid to give it to them. 
Can you say amen? Is it all right with you that I want you to have everything that Jesus has provided through his cross and suffering? I don't want any of that blood, any of that pain to be in vain. I want to see somebody saved. I want to see somebody healed. I want to see somebody delivered. I want to see somebody set free in the name of Jesus. I want to hear the sounds of joy in God's camp again, in God's church again. I want to hear some victory sounds. I want to hear some shouting. I want to see some dancing. I want to see some emotion. Somebody said the 12 o'clock is when the church gives up its dead. Right now in many churches, they're so dead, God isn't moving. There's no reason to be hanging out there any longer than you just have to. So right now they're counting down to 12. Counting down to 12. At 12 o'clock sharp, they're going to start giving the dirty looks to the pastor. Can you say, man, you better hush now because I'm headed for the mall. You better hush now because I'm headed for the movie. You better hush now because I'm going to the restaurant. Listen to my stomach. (laughs) Amen. If you don't believe me. Dead. How anybody can be satisfied with that deadness is beyond me. I'd be dead today in a church like that. There would be no passion in prayer, no faith in that prayer, no covenant to claim. And for all practical purposes, statistically, we would be in the same shape as people outside the covenant. As if we didn't have these things provided by God. Ought not this woman... A daughter of Abraham. Oh, by the way, whom this wasn't God's will in any shape or form that she was in this condition. Don't buy into that lie. You will invite something you should resist and reject. Ought not this woman who bound her, who made her sick? Did God make her sick to teach her something? No. God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempteth he any man. Can you say man? Who made her sick? Ought not this woman whom Satan hath bound lo these many years being a daughter of Abraham? Everybody say a daughter of Abraham. Well, what does that mean? It means she's the seed of the man that God made a covenant with and built a nation from. Can you say amen? Your seed shall be as the sand of the sea, as the stars of the sky. And if it stayed back in the old covenant, that's where it would be and it would have no relevance to us. But God brought it into the new covenant and Jesus brought it into the new covenant and Paul preached it to the church at Galatia and said they that are of the household of faith Jew and Gentile they that are of the household of faith everyone that has come to Christ by faith come to God by faith in Jesus they are Abraham's seed by faith and the blessings of faithful Abraham therefore have come upon them the Bible is in covenant language The covenant has never been broken. The covenant has never stopped. And your New Testament isn't a testament. 
thank you for the hearty, one hearty amen over here. I got to get over here and give you an A+. Plus. I got some strange looks when I said that, like a calf at a new gate. What in the world is that? Amen. What? My New Testament's not a testament? No, it's not a testament. The word testament is rendered from the word covenant. You got the old covenant, the old testament. You got the new covenant, the new testament. And because we don't claim covenants, we live beneath the provision and the promise and the purpose of God. He said, whether she knows it or not, and whether you enforce it or not, this woman has a right to be healed. You haven't heard that much, have you? She's a daughter of Abraham. She's a covenant woman. You should have laid hands on her a long time ago and claimed the covenant. But you didn't. I look for some things in churches. I look for this every Sunday because I don't remember where I put it. But I can guarantee you i got a lot of people to help me find it. Can you say amen? What is this? What is this? Does anybody know what this is? It's olive oil. What's it used for? Particularly anointing. Why? Because James 5.14, speaking to those New Testament believers, whether they be Jew or Greek, Jew or Gentile, can you say amen? If there be any sick among you. Oh, come on. Don't let nobody preach that away. It's time we quit apologizing for what God said in His Word. He don't need me to apologize for Him. He needs me to tell what He said. He backs up His Word. Heaven and earth will pass away. His Word is going to stand forever. Every time I make a radio broadcast, I say, Lord, let me speak as an oracle of God today. Let me speak Your Word clearly, plainly. Why do we make excuses? Because of the deadness that is in the church today. Amen. It's not only affecting the pew, it's affecting the pulpit. Divorce among preachers, same level as the world. Same. Divorce among Christians, if you've been divorced, it's a forgivable sin. But it is a sin if it's not under a condition that God allows. The problem is we don't have victories in our marriages. Because we don't have victory at all. It's a reflection of a lack of victory that is ours in Jesus Christ. This is a hard-hitting sermon. But if you're ever laying in the back of an ambulance, you need to know your covenant rights. You need to have the peace that comes knowing that God is still a healer. Knowing that if He wants you to live, ain't nothing going to kill you. And if He wants you home, there ain't no need staying here. Can you say amen? Either way, it's a win-win. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. But you need to know who you are in Jesus and who He is in you. I'm going to tell you, I will beg for my family if they are without food. I would beg. Ain't too proud to beg. Can you say amen? I would beg for my doggie 
if he was hungry and I couldn't feed him. I would ask you, do you have any leftovers that I could give my poor dog? Ain't too proud to beg. But I'm going to tell you what I will not do. I will not beg knowing what, beg God for what I know Jesus has suffered and died to provide for me. I will not beg for that. I will not ask for no crumbs from his table because to ask for crumbs would be to acknowledge I have no right to the children's bread. Amen. But the Bible said that they that are of the household of faith are Abraham's seed by faith and the blessings of faithful Abraham have come upon them. I never, I plead my case to God in prayer. I do not beg as if I'm one some outsider. I'm not on the outside looking in. I'm on the inside looking up. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. If I could tie in that I am an heir of a fortune, I am not going to live like a beggar. I just won't live that way. But if I don't know what is mine, I can live like a pauper. They found a man frozen to death under a bridge in San Antonio, Texas. It gets real cold sometimes in San Antonio. Three years ago, they found a man under a bridge, homeless, that went to sleep and didn't wake up because of exposure. He died of exposure to such cold. They ran his ID and everything else and found out that he was from a very rich family. Had been alienated because of his alcohol problems years and years and years and years ago. And he had been left as an heir of that family a third part of a multi-million dollar fortune. So a millionaire was laying under a bridge without a warm coat, without a house to live in, and he died with all of those riches belonging to him because he didn't know what was left to him. So he couldn't and did not claim them. And friend of mine, there's too many Christians that have a heritage and a legacy and have a provision from God. Amen. That are living like spiritual paupers, living in the defeat. And you know what preachers are doing? Instead of proclaiming the covenant so people know what is there so they can lay claim on it, we are making excuses for God. Whatever is touching your life, he has willed it. He has led it. He said, no, you're wrong. Satan bound this woman. Satan bound this woman. This didn't come from God. You want to know what comes from God? Every good and perfect gift comes down. If it's not good and perfect, God isn't sending it. Can you say, man, it disqualifies so much of what is happening to his chosen people today. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness. Oh, honey, he don't ever change. Jesus Christ, the same. Yesterday, 
right here and now today and he will be forever can you say man whatever he was he is and he always will be i am the lord god of israel and i change not and proverbs said don't be meddling with them that are given to change can you say man don't go messing around them people that decided they're going to reinterpret god's word to fit the way we're living Look at the human experience. I was telling someone the other day about a miracle that I had received from the Lord because of His grace, mercy, and because of His provision at the cross. And I'm so grateful and humbled. But when we come before to receive the grace and mercy, how are we to come? The Bible said, come boldly. Come boldly. Come boldly. Come boldly. Hallelujah. How can you be bold like that? You've got to know your rights in the kingdom of God. You've got to know who you are as a child of God. You've got to know who He is as your heavenly Father. You know what it tells me as a daddy? You know what God tells me? He said, if you don't provide for your own as a Christian father, if you let them go without, if you let them do without, you have denied the faith. And you are worse than an infidel. That's how accountable he holds me as an earthly father. And you know what Jesus said about the heavenly father compared to the earthly father? If you be an evil, not that you're saved, but I'm talking about your flesh and mine. We're part of the fall until we get saved. But if you be an evil, you fathers being evil basically know how to give good things to your children. You know how to care for your children. How much more would your heavenly father Give good things to them that ask Him. If you're operating in human love, what do you think about your Father operating in divine love? If your love is finite, <laughs> what, what does it compare to the infinite love of Almighty God? If your love is human and His love is divine, what can you expect Him to do when His children call upon Him? Can you say man, Hallelujah. Heretofore, I, you have asked the Father nothing. You don't acknowledge a relationship with the Father. Heretofore, you've asked the Father nothing. Jesus taught. <laughs> Ask that you might receive. I do not say that I shall pray for you. For the Father Himself loveth you. Can you say amen? So when we come to the Father in the name of Jesus Christ and we are a genuine child of God, He accepts us in the Beloved. He receives us as His very own. He speaks of us parentally and possessively. Parentally, Father. Possessively. He says, you're my purchased possession. And the purchase price was nothing less than the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? We belong to Him. And He belongs to us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen and amen. True story, New York Times. Actually happened several years ago. A man with a lawn care business, just like Cherie <laughs> had for a while. A lawn care business. You're not going to get rich it's a cutthroat business. Somebody's always trying to undercut you. And you're not going to get rich mowing yards. 
he had a lawn care business. He had a common name, you know, like John Smith or, or, or you know, just one of those common names. The New York Times had a, a bunch of money, once again, laid up, designated to people who had not claimed their inheritance. But one of the banks in New York wanted to clear their books, get this money out of the way. We can go forward. We don't have to deal with the book work of keeping up with the accruing interest. And they put a list of a dozen names of people who had an inheritance left them. By the way, the Apostle Paul told the church at Ephesus, amen, to feed the flock of God. Feed the flock of God over whom the Holy Ghost has made you the overseer that they might receive an inheritance. Make sure everybody that's a child of God understands they have an inheritance. Something now belongs to them, and you don't just wait till you get to heaven to get it. You're not going to need healing in heaven. You're not going to need money. I'm sorry. You're not going to need no money. Oh, I'm going to get rich when I get to heaven. You couldn't spend it if you were. Remember I told you the story of the man who had taken all his money and put it into gold bullion. Angel come to take him home. He grabbed a satchel under the bed that had gold bullion in it. Could barely lift it. He said, please let me take this with me. I've worked all my life to get this. Please let me take this with me. Let me take this with me, please. He said, okay, bring it along. Let's see what the Lord has to say about that. They get to the gate of heaven. Peter's always the one at the gate. Amen. I don't know why, but that's the way all the stories evolve. He's standing there with his, his suitcase full of gold bullion. <laughs> Peter says, what's in the bag? And the guy says, what I've worked all my life for. And he opened the bag full of gold bullion. And Peter says, you brought pavement? We paved the streets with that stuff. That's no good up here. Amen? But I'm going to tell you where it could do some good in God's work and for you and for me and for anybody else that's in need right here and now. Can you say, man, how many of Oh, my goodness gracious. I, I want to be blessed so I can be a blessing. I want to be a model of what I preach. I don't want to just preach it. I want to live it and flesh it out. And I've been doing this for right now going on 44 years. And I can tell you God is faithful. Hallelujah. He has never failed. But I'm so glad at some point in my spiritual walk with God, somebody told me that I was an heir of God. Somebody told me that I was a joint heir with Jesus. Somebody told me that I had a covenant with God Almighty. Hallelujah. Praise God. Somebody told me I was not a stepson. I was a son of God. So I quit mully-grubbing with all that he's provided and all that he has suffered and died to give me. I started pleading less and praising more. You didn't hear me. You didn't hear me. You didn't. We're about done. 
please get this point. I quit pleading so much and started praising him more for what I have in him and what I know he's purposed and what I know he's provided. Hallelujah. Oh, I stopped pleading so much and started praising more. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you're my heavenly father. I thank you. Hallelujah. That you gave your son Jesus. I thank you for going to that cross. Lord, I'm sick today. I thank you that with your stripes... Thank you, Jesus. With your stripes, praise you, Lord. With your stripes, oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I am healed. Thank you, Lord. I praise you. I receive this in the name of Jesus. Oh, friend, there's few churches that can lay hands on you and pray the prayer of faith. I've been laying hands on myself. Come on, I'm serious. I used to, you could get in a Holy Ghost revival. Somebody was anointed with oil. Somebody was praying the prayer of faith. Somebody was getting healed. Somebody was getting delivered. Somebody was getting set free. I laid hands on myself yesterday. Sometimes I come to you guys and you lay hands on me. I remember doctor's report wasn't what I wanted to hear. I had some choices to make in my own faith walk. And I remember we had a men's breakfast and got down to Terry and Doug. We just preached a sermon about God marking his people with miracles. It was commonplace. It wasn't extraordinary. It was the way they operated and interacted. He parts the Red Sea. He turns the water to wine. He, he just he, he, he does the supernatural in order to care for his people. Hallelujah. He sends manna out of heaven. He sends water out of a rock. He sends angels uh, to defeat enemies. What a mighty God that we serve. And I remember mentioning in that sermon, Lord, mark us as your covenant people. Mark us with miracles. Distinguish us. As the children of God. (laughs) Hallelujah. We're not like everybody else. We're a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. (laughs) A peculiar people. I'm not talking weird like everybody thinks we are. I'm talking about peculiar in that we are the called out, the set apart unto God Almighty. We're not like anybody on the face of the earth. At your mama's funeral, I used the term we're peculiar people. And I said, first time I read that, I thought of Maryland. It's about to rain at Lowry Park, an outdoor memorial service. I had my little, it was a clear umbrella. It didn't have flowers on it or anything, just one of those transparent umbrellas. I come walking with my transparent umbrella, and Marilyn said, you look like Mary Poppins. That was an assault to my masculinity. It's not that kind of peculiar. It's, it's set apart, set apart, a people that have a covenant with almighty God.
can you say, man? Said, ought not this woman who, what? A daughter of Abraham. If she's, a, if she's in the lineage, if she's the seed, then she has a covenant right to receive healing. She has, oh, you didn't hear me. I said a covenant right. Jesus said it. I don't know what Bible you read, who you're listening to. I'm not talking about what that preacher said, that teacher said. I'm talking about what Jesus said. At some point in your walk with God, you've got to let God be true. And every man, including me, be the liar if we contradict him. If you don't, you can die under a bridge, bound by the devil, while being a millionaire. Because you don't know what is yours, and if you do find out what is yours, you don't claim it. You don't claim it. The kingdom of God suffers violence. What does that mean? And the violent take it by force. It isn't taking something God doesn't want you to have. It is taking by faith what you know is yours. Because there's always going to be an enemy to try to defraud you from what belongs to you. There's always going to be a thief that wants to rob you and steal from you. Can I give you a little example of that? Thank you. Just got a few minutes, which means I got all day, but I'm going to be merciful to you. Amen. Listen, Jesus is in the house teaching. They push in until they're packed like sardines. Nobody can get in there. But there's a man that can't get out of bed. So they take his, like a, like, like a, a gurney, and they take him to where the house was to try to get him in, and they can't shove their way in the door. So they conspire with him. They say, listen, if we can get you to the roof, we are going to make a hole up there. And we're going to take ropes and let you down on that gurney into that house where Jesus is. We're going to get some healing going on here today. Can you say, man, we will not be denied. We will not, we will not let the circumstances being against us keep us from what we believe is provided for us in Christ. This man is a healer. The, the doctor is in, but we just can't get in there. But the doctor is in. I'm going to tell you something today. Jehovah Rapha has never changed. He never will change. He always was and he always will be the Lord our physician. Can you say, man, the church has changed. Christians have changed. But God has not changed. God never will change. I've had to break fellowship with people because the Bible says don't meddle with them that are given to change. If you don't want to stand in faith with me, we cannot walk together. You need to find another church. You need to find another preacher. Amen. Someday you're going to need a miracle. Someday you're going to need God to move. I don't make excuses for Him. I proclaim Him as He is. I declare what He has said. Hallelujah. Well, what if he don't do it? There is no what if. As your faith be. What? What did Jesus say? 
What did he say is going to determine it? Is it God holding back? God saying no? No, as your faith be. As your, well, I want your faith to be. I want my faith to be. Somebody needs to get off a faith book long enough. Somebody needs to get off of Facebook long enough to get in Facebook because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You ain't going to get it anywhere else. And you're not even going to get it at church unless someone tells you the whole counsel of God. Jim is smiling because he knows I haven't changed, have I, Jim? You can see what it's done for me. Built this big, huge congregation. That's all right. That's all right. This man had a bleeding polyp. It was so bad they couldn't biopsy it, but they suspected the worst. We had prayer up here, just us. This little group of people had prayer. You know what? He went back for the biopsy. They wanted the bleeding to stop so they could take a biopsy. Can I tell you, and he can tell you, what happened when he got back? They couldn't even find the polyp. He's sitting right here. I'd rather have him healed than have 500 sick people dying before their time. Praying with no result. I'd rather see one person get a miracle than 500 people get out on time. I don't know about you, but I'm talking about me. When God's moving, ain't got nowhere better to be. Ain't nothing better than being in the presence of God. Hearing the word of God. Seeing God work in behalf of his people. Hallelujah. You remember the good old days. They're not over. They're not over. They're not over. God is a gracious God. God is a good God. Hallelujah. And we are the children of God. Oh, John Smith. Commonest name you could find. One of his crew. They're having coffee before they go out and someone picks up a a crumbled up New York Times and there's a list of a dozen people who are heirs of a fortune. And behold, on that list, there's old John Smith. Well, see, there's probably hundreds of John Smiths in New York City. So when they told John Smith, look at this, he said, couldn't be me. I mean, my Lord, I don't know anybody that was rich. I just mow yards. I'm not part of the the hoi polloi. He said, listen, nice guy working for him. Probably needed a raise. (laughs) He said, listen, he said, what would it hurt if you went to the bank and showed your ID and Social Security number? It'll only take you a little while. What would it hurt just to check? Now, see, what would it hurt to get in your Bible with a new set of eyes? Understanding the covenant language of Scripture. What could it hurt to get in the Word of God? Hallelujah. Get the Word of God inside of you. So this guy thought, yeah, what could it hurt? I know I'm not going to receive anything. I don't know anybody with money. But he went down to the bank. 
that advertised. He showed them his credentials that I know. It can't be me. I don't know anybody with any money. And they were all the while running all his personal information. They said, are you so-and-so that lives at such and such an address and such and such a social security number? Yes, I am. He said, did you ever mow yards for a guy that lived up in that rich community? He said, yes, for about five years I took care of their yards until my contract was canceled. The bank said, well, you must have made a real impression on him because he didn't have hardly any family, and he named you as an heir. Everybody say, woo-hoo. <laughs> amen. Sometimes amen just don't cut it. Just go, woo-hoo. Aren't you glad somebody nudged him? Don't you think he was thankful that somebody nudged him to at least go find out if something belongs to you? Check it out. Please, check it out. Let me take you back to ancient Israel before we go. There is there, the promised land. Everywhere they put their feet, God has given it to them. Every enemy is being defeated. Every city is fallen. Hallelujah. But there's one tribe. One tribe that has not crossed over the river to claim one inch of that promised land. They're living in destitution on the other side of the river. Amen. Because they haven't claimed the promised land. You see, if you don't claim it, you can't have it even though God has given it to you as far as He is concerned. He said when you cross that river, everywhere the sole of your feet touches all the way to the Euphrates, all the way. He gave them perimeters. You can't get anything outside of his will, but you can receive everything that he has willed and purposed. Can you say man? But you've got to claim it by faith. If you don't cross the river, promised land will never be yours. If you don't walk on it and Claim it as you walk on it. It'll never be yours. But everywhere the sole of your feet touches within the perimeters that I have given you, it belongs to you. There will be enemies. There will be walled cities. There will be giants. The city walls will fall. The giants will fall. The armies will be defeated. And you'll eat milk and honey. And Joshua, they all cross over and they say, where's this other tribe? Where's that one tribe that hasn't crossed over? And he goes to them and he says these words. Listen to them carefully. How long will you be slack to cross over the river and possess the land that the Lord thy God hath passed in? See, he calls the things not as though they were because if he calls it, he'll bring it to pass. For as God's concerned, it's done. And if you cross the river and claim what he has promised and purposed and provided, you will have everywhere the soles of your feet touch. As your faith be. As your faith be. As your faith be. So the lack of seeing God move is not God being unfaithful, not God man, not manifesting. It's the faith level is so small because we explain away the miracles that are ours in Christ. There's even a movement now saying that day is over. We got the Bible. We don't need miracles. Honey, you can't have God 
You can't have prayer. You know what a miracle is? Defined by the simplest term. And all the others just elaborate on that. A supernatural intervention into the normal course of human affairs. You can't believe God to build a fellowship hall without believing God for a miracle. You can't believe him for the finances, for the stone in the mortar, without believing for a miracle. And I'm going to tell you, God is way more interested in his temple than he is your church. Can you say amen? Because your church is not where he lives. He may visit on Sunday if you welcome him. There's one church, he was knocking on the door. They didn't even let him in, the church of Laodicea. Jesus couldn't get in the church. But your body, your body, your body, my body, the blood of Jesus has washed us so clean that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit can come and make their abode in us and not feel uncomfortable or out of place. The holiest ones that gold don't make heaven holy. Precious stones or gates of pearl don't make it holy. You know what makes it holy? Because God lives there. The Son sits at His right hand. Hallelujah. And when God lives in us, He sanctifies us to the degree that He can make His abode in us. Praise God. So I'm not praying to try to get my prayer past Pluto into the presence of God. Because right here is where he is. He has relocated. He still can be everywhere in the universe and still live right here in me and you. Praise God. So when I talk to God, I talk to him like he's right here with me. Because he is right here with me. And the way Jesus keeps his promise to never leave us is because he comes to live in us. And it's Christ in you that is the hope of glory or the down payment on heaven. Because if the holiest ones of heaven can live in you now, there's no doubt you can live in that city in the future. Can you say amen? So I don't doubt my salvation. I'm not waiting till I die to see where I'm going. And when you're knowing where you're going, <laughs> it changes the way you live your life down here. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. How many getting a little hungry? <laughs> How many have got something out of this message? How many, if you find out something in the Scripture belongs to you, by faith you're going to reach out to receive it because of the price that was paid to provide it for you? Hallelujah. Praise God. Will you stand to your feet today? God is so good. God is so good. God is so good today. Hallelujah. Brother Gates, I've seen too many shipwrecked souls, too many defrauded Christians, too many lives destroyed, too many decimated lives of people who name the name of Jesus. And I'm sick and tired of defeat. I'm sick and tired of depression. I'm sick and tired of despair in the house of the Lord. This ought to be a place of praise. And the Bible said, blessed are the people that know the what kind of sound, the mourning, the complaining, the, the, the poor old me's. The, no, blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. 
Can you say amen? When God hooked back up with Israel, he restored the covenant blessings. And when those blessings were restored, he said, no matter what happens, no matter what you need, whether it be rain from heaven or, or, an, or an angel to destroy your enemies, he said, whatever you need, when you, may, you make your prayer toward this place, he said, I'm coming through for you. You don't have to ever sweat it anymore. You don't have to worry anymore. Hallelujah, because the battle isn't yours anymore. The battle is the Lord's. Can you say man? Hallelujah. 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 Instead of that, let's do this since the battle is the Lord's. Amen. You say, Brother Venable, I wouldn't come to a church like this. This is not the way we believe. Well, you need to start believing the Bible. And before you buy into anybody's teaching, you need to get a basic understanding of the Word. And when Jesus says something, your ears need to perk up. And your tail needs to wag. Not literally doing anything. You understand what I'm saying. If I was a dog this morning, my tail would be wagging. Because I'm so happy to proclaim this truth to you. I'm so happy to walk in it and live in it all of these years. Can you, you ever see me in a valley? Yes, sir. Did I stay there? No way. Hallelujah. Did you ever see me cast down? Absolutely. Did you see me get up? Absolutely. Praise God. We're into our 44th year. And I'm going to tell you, I'm so glad just to be a Christian. I'm just glad to be saved today. I'm glad to be sealed with the Holy Spirit. I'm glad to finally discover I have a Father in heaven, not a force in the universe. Praise God. Hallelujah. I thank Him for every day and every breath that I take. Amen. I got my three score and ten. And the devil didn't take me out early, brother. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm chasing, 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 brother Taylor. He's going for four score. I'm going for it too. Hallelujah. 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 God is good today. Let's give Him praise. Thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter of my head. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.